This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Hello, and welcome to Snacking Tunes. I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. In today's episode, we sit down with Amir Nathan and Jordan Anderson, the co-owners of Sammy and Susu, the Mediterranean restaurant especially sore in the Lower East Side. In summer 2020, Sammy and Susu originally launched as a popular pop-up in Brooklyn and Manhattan, known for its vibrant dishes inspired by family recipes and history of regional cooking throughout the Mediterranean. We now sit down with the co-owners to talk about Sammy and Susu laying down roots in the Lower East Side and opening an all-day menu along with the pantry and deli. Then we dip into our archives for one of our all-time favorite performances from the Pizza Underground. So sit back, relax, and here's another episode of Snacky Tunes here on HRN. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky Tunes. Choo, 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 choo,
Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. On today's show, we have the co-owners, co-founders, best friends, maybe, we'll find out, <laughs> of Sammy and Susu, Jordan Anderson, co-owner, executive chef, and Amir Nathan, who's co-owner and ops extraordinaire. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hi. Good to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, we're going to go back. Uh, we're going to go back a little bit to get a little background on both of you. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. Um, you started working in hospitality in high school, uh, working your way up. Um, what was your first job and uh, how many dishes did you wash? <laughs> I actually worked in middle school before that. Uh, so I started at a very young age. Uh, I washed a lot of dishes. I bust tables. Um, and then when I finally got into the kitchen, um, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I took a semester off from NYU, then I went back and I needed some money. So the only thing I kind of knew how to do was work in the kitchen. Do you remember the first dish that went out of the kitchen from your hands? Yeah, actually it was, um, it was a veal salt and boca, I remember. And it was just a uh, pounded veal, you know, you fried it before service. Uh, then it was just, you know, sage and uh, what is it? agent prosciutto right yeah yeah and uh amir how did you find your way into the hospitality industry i also started at about 14 um i told my parents that i want to work in like this cool restaurant that everybody were going to in my hometown back in israel it was actually also an italian restaurant and i got a job as kind of like a barista and I worked there three days a week during uh, high school. Um, I remember the first time that I cleaned a bathroom, I was like, okay, this is how cleaning a bathroom, this is what it means. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just worked in restaurants ever since. Um, when I moved to New York, I moved here for school. And the first thing that I had to do when after I moved here was to find a job so naturally i went and find myself a job as a barista actually in a coffee shop and i made my way through the ranks you know like I, after being a barista i was a busboy barback bartender bar manager general manager and so on this is a question for both of you the restaurant in industry and hospitality industry is not easy. And I think getting into it at a young age of 14, you definitely can see that, it, you know, it's a difficult road. What is it about it that kept both of you in and, and coming back to it and, and making a lifelong commitment to being a part of it? Uh, go first. Um, I, I had a lot of fun when I was 14 because obviously there were a lot of older people that have been doing it for a long time. Uh, 
yeah, so I was just like brought up by, you know, all these older guys who, you know, went out every night, you know, were drinking, all this stuff. And I just, I really thought it was a lot of fun and I thought it was cool. Um, and I think once I, the second I realized I wanted to do it, I think for a long term was when I got into fine dining. Um, and for me, like, that's kind of what, you know, stuck me to, I think, cooking forever. Um, yeah, for me, I don't, I don't know, something about serving food and beverages, it's just like something that I, you know, I used to help my grandmother always set the table, I used to, I still do like, you know, help my mom every time I go back home, you know, just like it's something that is always I, I do, you know, like with, when there is food and drinks around, it's always like, me kind of like serving it <laughs> unless i'm in a restaurant and ordering it then i'm like trying to uh, not to you know try to be polite around uh, friends i hanging out with but uh, you know but just... always always silently critiquing um, <laughs> like oh I, well maybe would have are you open to feedback in real time uh you you two both found your way to Maison Premiere, which um, they've been guests and there are people from there have been guests on the show a number, uh, number of times over the years. Uh, when did you both join and, and how did you two meet? And was it uh, love at first sight? Um, well, Amir was the uh, floor manager at Maison Premiere for how long? For a year and a half. Yeah. And then... I was brought on to do a like a pop-up project at the Highline Hotel. It was a summer thing. That was 2019. It was 2018. They offered me to be the general manager of that pop-up uh, summer restaurant. Jordan was brought in as, well, in the beginning it was a sous chef, right? <laughs> I think a sous chef. Yeah, and then, and then we, and then like, we worked with this like insane guy. I'm sorry if uh, I'm hope you editing it, but like we worked with this guy who was the the uh, the like the chef who was just an insane person. And I at the beginning, like Jordan was on the week that Jordan was away, I kind of like pushed him out because he was <laughs> like just like everything just collapsed. And then, like, Jordan came back from his vacation, and he was, like, the new head guy in the kitchen. And then Jordan and I just kind of, like, connected. Uh, it was a very hard summer. Uh, I mean, I worked at Mezompami before that summer for a year and a half, and then I uh, continued to run to open and operate that project for them. Um, and it was very, like, people don't understand how hard it is um, to operate summer restaurants. It's one what, of the hardest things in, in that you can do in the industry. What makes it so difficult? It, it's the, uh, first of all, it's uh, weather dependent. So, like, you know, like, you can have rain out of nowhere or you know the you know staff like they don't have 
set shifts because of the weather or, you know. And then, like, also the staff itself, people don't have loyalty um, to stay with the company if they know that this job ends in, like, a couple of months. So the turnover was, like, just coming and going and... Yeah, I remember I used to staff, overstaff by three people <laughs> just knowing that someone wasn't going to show up the next day. And, you know, people, when there's an expiration date on a project, no one kind yeah. of has loyalty or, you know, really cares about working there. They're kind of coming in for a paycheck. And if they have something that's a better job offer, you know, it's not two weeks. It's not one week. It's, you know, tomorrow there's a text message. It's just like it's not coming in. Sorry, best of luck. So yeah. um, I, it's, I know summer 2019 was hard, but I would also say that probably summer 2020 was a difficult time. No, we, we just like to suffer. So, you know, every, so every summer we just make it difficult for ourselves. Yeah, oh, if it's not a world, if it's not like a global pandemic, uh, we'll, we'll find something else like opening a restaurant or, you know. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> You two meet, um, you survived the Insane Chef. Oh, where did the genesis for your pop-up come from? Because it started as a pop-up first, now it's opening, but where, where did the idea come from? Um, so, you know, um, March 2020, everything kind of like shutting down. <clears throat> um, I helped my very dear friend, Yassine Pantaleb, who owns uh, 10 belts in the Lower East Side uh, to basically sell his cellar. Um, and I kind of like just, I was driving the car all over the city, like selling 10 bells wines. And then I was like, you know, maybe we can do some kind of like, maybe I can think about some kind of a way to deliver also food for people. And um, I called Jordan and I was like, hey, like, I think that, you know, we both are out of work. Um, like, why won't we just find a kitchen and start just selling like healthy approachable food for people all over um like wherever we can wherever we can deliver it and i had a friend who owned a bar in williamsburg that the kitchen the, the bar had a full kitchen and the bar was closed because of covid so we rented a, their kitchen and we did only delivery and pickup uh, from their bar. And, you know, we, before, before we decided exactly what we're going to do, I kind of like, you know, went into thinking about the concept of the food and like the... Uh, made this logo, found, like thought about the name, and uh, Jordan and I kind of like brought both of our family's recipes into the menu, and 
we kind of like decided that we wanted to be a Mediterranean uh, inspired um, menu with, you know, with like both of our family recipes representing um, certain dishes and things that we love to eat also. And that's how it started. Amazing. Um, We are going to take a quick musical break and play a song from our archives and then we'll be back here on Snacky Tunes on HRM. California, California, thank you for your cloying aromas, your beautiful views, arroyas and lomas, who wants to wake up from so lovely a coma after the gold rush, after the gold rush. I know a man who walks in my neighborhood. He made beautiful songs, but he never so much, so much. Came too long after the gold rush. Then he fell in with people you don't trust. Now he can't pay for his own lunch. But I don't judge, don't judge. At the cafe where I practice my Spanish, she asked me if I had an acne can manage. My mom's name is Janice. She's not why I'm manic. I'm good with a secret. I'm not naming names. But give me 10 minutes and things may have changed. Cala. California, California, thank you for your glory and aromas, your beautiful views, arroyos and lomas, who wants to wake up from so lovely a coma after the gold rush, after the gold rush, hand gripping the wheel on the freeway, young enough to sell, old enough to repay. Last minute flight was a couple hundred each way. I got a memory that's starring you. I need to replay. I heard you got a new main thing. I heard he shuffles, but he can't swing. The kind of guy to wear shorts to a funeral. But I'm going to stay composed like a movie cue. Under the surface, I'm batshit bananas. All last minute chances and flashes of panic. Don't judge don't judge. Not too often I say what I really want much. But California, California, thank you for your clothing and aromas, your beautiful views of royals and lomas who wants to wake up from so lovely a coma after the gold rush. After the gold rush. So, Mir, you, you mentioned that the recipes were full pulled from your family history. Jordan, I'm curious, uh, what were some of the gems that you pulled from grandma's recipe box that have now made it onto the menu? Well, I mean, at first, I think the genesis of the menu was Amir sending me a copy of what his idea was. Um, And it was kind of like not a consulting job for me, but kind of giving input. Um, And then after we kind of took off and Eater picked up on us and the New York Times in, it was kind of pretty blatant that I kind of needed to be there and have a lot more input. And, you know, I was having fun with it. So I was like, you know, can you curse on this or no? Yes. You can curse? You're like, yes. Yes. So I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, fuck fine dining. Like, you know, fuck all that stuff. And 
uh, I was like, let's just cook food that like we want to eat. That's delicious. That's, you know, approachable that everyone, you know, no one wanted caviar during the pandemic. No one wanted dainty plates, you know, no one wanted any of that. And that's what me and Amir knew for, I would say most of our professional career. Um, and we were just like, let's just make it rustic. Let's, you know, I was like, let's put a dish called mom's chicken soup on the menu. Cause that's what I crave during this time, you know? Um, and so I kind of, you know, Amir's half Ashkenazi, half Sephardic, but he's from Israel. You know, I'm just from Jersey with a crazy Jewish mom. So I kind of just, you know, <laughs> took a lot of her stuff that she made me and, and made it better. She actually does tell, she admits that my chicken soup is better than hers now, but not the how long did that, How long did that take for her to come around? <laughs> I think when I first, when we first opened and put it on the menu, she wasn't too happy about it. Um, and then now she's proud. Now she's proud of yeah. it. I think she is. Uh, she you know, actually, I'm bringing home some from Thanksgiving. Some of the you know traditional recipes. So like my, I'm Jewish as well, and you know my mom is really good about writing down the recipes. But my grandmother. Uh, on my mom's side and my grandmother who's still alive, it's a little bit of this, a little bit, you know, they've done these recipes for however many years. So how did you go about getting these recipes from the family and then turning into something that could be executed by a, a kitchen staff? I think that was a uh, pretty difficult uh, part of how we kind of, you know, encapsulated it. I think that the whole idea was to take these flavors and elevate them to, you know, push them as far as they can get to, um, you know, a chef driven restaurant. Um, so, you know, your mom's chicken soup, you know what you want, you want like watery chicken soup with like overcooked carrots and dried chicken and everything. And we were like, okay, how can we make it like still feel like you're at home, but like also, you know, a little more delicious than that. Um, I think also, I mean, I know that it's a Jordan question, but like, I think, you know, having family recipes processed by a professional chef, when you do it right, it brings it, like, into a different level. You know, like, when you keep the consistency of the same ingredients, but you just do the right steps. And that's what Jordan did with his mom's chicken soup. And on the holidays, we do brisket. And, you know, like, even cook some of my family <laughs> recipes that I showed him, you know, but like, I just showed him like my family recipes. I showed it to him once. or I even just like well, told him about it. It's like, he just takes it and he's doing it. Like he gets the flavors and what people like the comfort that people want out of it. And he just create a, a system in the kitchen that keeps it consistent and just delicious and i think that you know that's like the most important thing you know yeah amir puts like a worm in my little brain that's scattered and he'll say like two sentences and make me try something and then i just kind of like run around for two days and try <laughs> and try can, you give, can you give a good example of that I yeah. think the lamb stuffed cabbage is a great. The lamb stuffed cabbage, Jordi Arias. Yeah, like I, you know, I don't know what half of these dishes are. You know, I think that the the best part about Sammy and Susu is that, you know, I'll make a, a typical thing that Amir's eaten his whole life, and I don't know anything about it, but he'll make me like try it or explain it to me or read a cookbook, and I just make it in this like weird, funky way that 
you know, it's kind of, it's delicious and it's, it's just different, but it's almost tomey, you know? Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, was there any, is there any Holy Grail? Is there a dish that you still just can't crack? <laughs> uh, like can crack in a in a way that we're still not there. We're not like touching it. I think. Why? What do you you go first? Um. I mean, we we're not getting near like you know hummus or or falafel or things like that. We don't want to get controversial, you know. There's a lot of hummus fanatics. Yeah. Uh, yeah Yeah, hummus is like a really like it's either you do it the best or you don't do it at all i think our baba ganoush is pretty inconsistent (laughs) (laughs) baba ganoush yeah we need to yeah our baba ganoush is really good it's like the it's better than like i would say 95 percent of the baba ganoush you will have but like i think we we definitely can can't crack the code a little sometimes. Yeah, we like sometimes it's it it so because some food also it it takes more than just like following a recipe. It's like it just you like and it's also you can't explain it to certain you know it's like it's it's really complicated and yeah, it, it takes years sometimes to make something really good and we're just in the beginning you know we're like in um. We're about to, we're like in this upcoming June will be two years of like working together in on, on Sammy and Susu. And I think probably like we still have some years to go with certain dishes of like, until we'll feel like they're perfect. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So 2019 was the summer of the insane ship. Uh, 2020 was the summer of a pop-up and now summer 2021 uh, you're like let's open a restaurant because you know <laughs> what you know why why not so um what was the <laughs> what was the decision process into your location and uh what are you channeling into the restaurant that you you know couldn't really do with the pop-up um we we love the Lower East Side and, you know, like we feel, um, you know, it, 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 it's an historic neighborhood um, in terms of like, you know, Jordan's grandmother was born like a couple of blocks away from where Sam and Susu is right now. And my wife's uh, family was, were like, literally like, on the Lansing and Orchard, like, you know, since the 19th century, you know, it's, it's, it's like a lot of, uh, there, there are a lot of, uh, connections to that specific neighborhood. And I managed restaurants in the past also on, in the Lower East Side and we're a block away from Russ and Daughters and Katz's and yeah, it, it, there is definitely connection to it in, in that way. Um, I think, you know, what changes out from the pop-up, um, you know, putting everything else aside, like operations-wise, and the fact that someone can walk in into in your door and, like, experience what you offer 
you know it's sometimes it's just it's it's um yeah we you, you can't take it for granted that it's that easy you know like to have someone just come in and order your food order like a drink um and look at our menu and see all the things that we offer and like ask what is this like where are you guys from what do you do like it's 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 a very special and uh it's a it's a very special experience for us and i think that level of uh interaction with with customers it's something that you can never do with a pop-up and from a culinary perspective uh jordan how how much is the menu hewed to what was doing the pop-up and how much has it expanded since you've set down roots um it's actually pretty funny because when we were in the pop-up we had like gas and a lot more and a grill and stuff and now we have you know, three induction burners and an oven. A nice oven. It's an okay. It's a nice oven. Whatever. You know, he <laughs> told me to fire up. He nice says, oven. The other day, he told me he, he goes <laughs> fire up the broiler, Jordan. Start ah, start burning on. egg blends. You, like, you yeah. need to bring in your mother to tell her it's a nice oven. <laughs> um, no, it's just um, honestly to be frank, like we were at two restaurants during the pop up. You know, we were at Ten Bells. We were at. The other bar, um, I think being in your space makes you feel like you can do so much more than you could, um, you know, during the pop-up. So expanding the menu kind of isn't about the equipment or anything. I think it's about like a lot more comfort for me. Yeah, I think. I'm wondering about the music. This is Snacky Tunes. And uh, I'm so curious, like, how you're pulling together the playlist together and what are the sounds that we are listening to when we are in the space? <laughs> this is such a controversial question right now. <laughs> no, it's not a controversial question. I mean, um, it depends on the time of the day, first of all. Um, you know, we started with very classic, like, mornings with jazz you know like miles davids and like you know uh john coltrane and you know we wanted to create that kind of like um you come into our space you have a cappuccino you read the new york times you know we have like a physical newspaper in the space actually and you know it kind of like a classic new york cafe um it's still there we just we play a lot of uh we i mean in the mornings we play a lot of uh kevin morby um and we like kevin morby radio <laughs> right now and we're building the because we're getting ready also to um start the dinner service uh we're building the the dinner playlist that's not going to be a radio it's a playlist um we want to do it very new york um you know from different eras that we connect to um you know like um going uh, i mean from like loft types of like 
disco to um like cool bands from brooklyn but keep it um kind of like just keep it as a just like a fun vibe but not too serious also and not too uh not too overpowering the whole environment i i don't hear much controversy in that sentence that sounds cohesive no he meant he's that like in our operating agreement that i'm not allowed to oh come on <laughs> there it is that's not true that's not true do you to be honest we've done this show for 12 years and i think there's more contention around music than there is about food serve when it comes down to it so you guys are just right <laughs> right right on track for my dead body you'll yeah. judge. <laughs> i think i put on a little, i put on the new kanye west album the other day and amir texted me from home cuz he can see our sonos and he was like turn this shit off right now <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you're not just eating with your uh, your mouth; you're eating with your ears. Uh, no, you know, I want people to feel like you know. I think atmosphere is uh, one of ambience is one of the most important things in restaurants. Uh, oh, 100%. You know, and like you know, if you listen to if you hear like a cool song from Arthur Russell, or you know, or I don't know, like. Um, uh, destroyer or you know it, it just it gives it a different like you feel like you're in a different uh, place rather than something you know that <laughs> it is you know in, in my eyes this is just how you you know you want to feel you want to feel cool you know uh, when you sit in a restaurant and you want to to be different and special one of the things that we've seen coming out of the pandemic is that uh, restaurants can't just rely on the regular revenue stream. It's not just you come in and serve food. Uh, and you're starting to see a number of them have multiple functions. You also have a pantry and a deli within the, the restaurant. Uh, pantry is super interesting because it's obviously, you know, you're exposing your almost your secret weapon sometime of who you get things from. How do you choose your suppliers and, and how do you work with them? Then I'll start with Jordan. Um, I mean, Amir, on a, he honestly, Amir does most of the sourcing for the um, pantry just because I think most of our products are, um, you know, very, you're, you're familiar with that I'm not. Um, uh, so I source a lot of stuff from Bonitalia because I've worked with them for a while. Um, and I think it's, I think it's fun, like exposing your secrets. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like you put a secret weapon, a lot of people put like the secret weapon in like their sauces or their pasta and you kind of like, you feel like you're eating it and you're like, well, you know, what's that? What's that? Um, and you know, I like being like, oh, it's that, it's that on the wall, buy that and do this with it. And I think that goes with our whole concept that it's like, we're not trying to, we're trying to create like this homey environment where we're like, you can, you can take that and do this with it. And you can, you know, that's in, in this dish and that's in that dish. Um, so I think that's exciting that, you know, we're, we're kind of like, you know, explaining to our customers kind of how to use the products, what we use it in um, and how functional some of the stuff is. 
yeah, I mean, I, I think also the fact that it's on on our on the shelf and you can take it home with you. Um, it doesn't necessarily that to give it up these secrets because if you take a, one of our tahinis back home with you, uh, and the, the tahini that we use uh, is actually on the shelf, um, but it's not the tahini recipe, you know. And like, I mean, we'll give it to you if you really want it. By the way, but it's also it's the touch, you know, and it's 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 it, that's what it means. Like, I mean. If you want to spend hours and hours of doing R&D in your house and like <laughs> making the same thing you know, that we make out of that space, like go ahead. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, tons of respect for you. But, but I think at the same time, you know, like there is nothing wrong with like saying, this is the olive oil that we use. This is the tahini. This is like our... Um, you know, like whatever else we have over there, but uh, it, it's it, it it's not giving up secret. It's actually just like saying, you know, give respect also to the brands that um, we use for you know for make all of our stuff. Amazing. Uh, last question. Um, it is not often that you see a tongue sandwich on a menu. And I am super appreciative of it. Uh, I think that in all my years of dining out, it is like a, a white whale that when it's there, you have to you have to get it. Uh, just take me through that journey because the, the photos look so good and it will be the first thing that I'm ordering when I get to your restaurant. How did it get there? Which side of the family did it come from? Who's it paying homage to? Yeah, it was kind of a weird dish I came up with. Um, it actually started... Well, bringing it back when I was growing up, my, you know, grandmother, you know, my mother would bring home cold cuts of tongue rather than, you know, nowadays a lot of hot tongue, you know, like that's served hot or whatever, but I, I like it as a cold cut. Um, and when we were at 10 Bells doing a pop-up, I really wanted to do a lot of offal and like stuff like that. So I came up with, you know, doing like this roasted tongue that we braised, cooled down, sliced, and then seared into like crispy bits. Um, and then when we moved and we were doing baguette sandwiches, um, I thought it would be a great idea to, you know, slice it thin, cool it down, slice it thin and put it in a sandwich. Um, but the, the sandwich makes sense. And it's funny because it sounds so weird on paper. Um, but if you think about it, it's, you know, it's fatty tongue, it's acidic anchovies that are, you know, they're, you know, marinated in olive oil and vinegar. And then you have salt from capers and kind of dill that brings it home with that like super Jewish, you know, Ashkenazi vibe. And to me, it was just a no brainer. And then kind of, we put it on the menu. It was a little slow at first and then it kind of took off and it, yeah, you know, no, it's it like sells like far, crazy now. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, gents, thank you for, for joining us. Um, where can people find you? How do they get a hold of you? How do they order tongue sandwiches before they run out? <laughs> <laughs> well, they can find us at uh, One Night the Orchard in the Lower East Side and order from our website. That's the best way. Great. Uh, we are going to take another break, play a song from our archives, and we'll be back with the second half of Snacky Tunes here on HRN. <laughs> 
episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old-world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. We have the Pizza Underground in studio. Uh, welcome, guys. Hi. Hey, Hi. what's going Howdy. on? 
Um, there are five of you, and then a, a self-described boyfriend of the band who's in the <laughs> back there. Um, only one not in sunglasses, which I think maybe you could let him have a pair. He's, he seems really sweet. He seems very charming. He's our eyes and ears. He has to have clear vision so the rest of us can look cool. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so I was uh, doing some research, and uh, it said the year that you guys formed was timeless, which is an interesting time period to uh, create a band. So maybe you can tell the story of how you all came to be. Um, yeah, we have, we have always existed in some form, um, but... Uh, in this particular mutation, we came together when we were uh, working as uh, delivery pizza folk and uh, all ended up delivering pizza to Mo Tucker's house on the same night and uh, burst into song simultaneously. Just instantly, yeah, yeah, without thought. We were just... We had a song in our hearts. We haven't had a thought since. Yeah, that's pretty much... We've. It's been just, you know, tunnel vision of just singing about pizza... Underground styles. And what um, what type of pizza is best enjoyed underground? Mole pizza. Yeah. You can get it really fresh. <laughs> well, it, 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 as long as we don't have any anchovies or mushrooms, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. We like Roberta's pizza. I mean, we're paying you to say that, so. And you're using well, them as your percussion, so. Touche. Yeah, payola still, <laughs> payola still does exist in internet radio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Actually, come to think of it, we actually haven't gotten our free pizza. Oh, just, yeah. Just no, that that just, comes after. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a uh, yeah, yeah. Pay, you, pay, you know, yeah. Pay you to learn play, a few whatever, things. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Pay to eat. You learn a few things after like 170 episodes. You you pay the, you have the band eat after. There you yeah. go. Because Has anybody ever eaten split? Uh, there was one band. Really? No, no, no. no. Okay, that, no. That would be <laughs> but we had an apathetic performance. Of, most bands actually don't like to eat because of uh, the dairy. That's right. a little. That's a little. Bu- Behind the scenes, right there. That hasn't caught up with us yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. We we're just in it for the pizza, pretty much. So you know, yeah. As much pizza as we get, the better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's there's pizza. You you seem worried. Yes. Yeah, yes. Seem... Obviously. I mean, this is this has been a. We've been talking about it for the last minute. So yeah. Yes. No. I know. And we did put the order in three minutes. <laughs> and ago, I can so. I can see through the window people enjoying their their za. So this is our version of carrot and the stick. It's like you know you'll get it. Yeah. And this is like, <laughs> um, why don't we Why don't we crank a tune? Or put a tune in the oven. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. Let it Some, bake. Let it bake. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, all right. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to rock your ear holes. Live on Snacky Tunes. <laughs> John says when answering the phone which topping should I say you want we deliver now Papa John says Papa John says and he'd like to know he'd like to know why you give in half your pie Toppings you hate now, but I didn't want anchovies. People called and they said no mushrooms. This pie's cold and there's mushrooms. Get them off my pie. Get them off my pie. I'm beginning to eat the slice. 
amazing. Yep. Uh, you know, I was actually having this debate with someone yesterday that I cannot, maybe not debate, just a conversation. I cannot remember the last time that someone has ever offered me a slice of pizza and I've said no. Anybody? Mm. Like, I feel like there's all, it's always, even when pizza's bad, it's the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually game. I mean, if, if, but if you talk to Matt over here, I'm sure if it had mushrooms on it or anchovies. Especially mushrooms. I mean, let's... let's <laughs> I think Shaking may- his head, just like, yeah, no, no, it's... <laughs> I think maybe more the idea. I mean, obviously, there's some toppings. I probably wouldn't eat Hawaiian. Really? Just a person. Hawaiian's pretty good. Yeah. And Sweet I'm, and salty. Yeah, I just... I don't know. And I'm not a huge fan of white pizza, but just in general. Like, yes. just say that if you're a slice was out there, even if you're like, oh, I just came from dinner. So yeah, it's like, true. It is an, it, it's an after-meal kind of a food, even. Yeah. Is- Unusual. Yeah, there's no wrong time for 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 a pizza. Very know? versatile. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I've had dessert pizza before too. Like that's really pizza good. as a dessert or dessert pizza. Like dessert pizza, like where it's like yeah, there's sweet kind of like it's like fudge and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, but it's, it's, caramelized it's, pear. Exactly. But like, it's still pizza. Yeah, it's, it's still, not like something in the shape of a pizza. No, it's still in a proper dough and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's like fudge instead of uh, you know tomato sauce and it's yeah. you know how yeah, was like, it. Fantastic! Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, like yeah. Was there cheese on it? There was some cheese, yeah, and but it's also like some like fig or some caramelized onion kind of deal going on. Like, yeah, it's you know, I'm I'm not against that. There's there's no wrong way to make a pizza, really, if you ask me. But I'm even talking about like uh, like Elio's frozen pizza from when you were in college. Like even Mm -hmm. that, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is this will do. I mean, yeah, there's never there's no wrong pie. Essentially, is what we're trying to get at. Do you guys have favorite places in in the city or even from hometown? Yeah, um, yeah, we're big fans of uh, Joe's on Carmine. It's mm-hmm. really good pizza, and I was really excited they opened up one on 14th Street, but they still won't deliver to us, so one of these days, they're going to have to make if one you're listening. home. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Joe's. Um, is it, and I feel like there's some story about Joe's where it's like it's one of like the older pizza places in in the area. Uh, but it's, it says on the box since 1975. I'm sure there's some older places. You know, yeah. Maybe I'm not thinking about Joe's. Maybe I gotta rub my pizza. You guys would be the pizza expert. Here you go. Whoa. There it is. Oh my god. Pizza, 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 pizza. Do you guys want to take a, a quick second to have a slice? Yeah. Should we have a slice on air? Let's do this. Very rarely do we eat on air, but yes, I feel like this seems like the appropriate time. It's hot as shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hot on air all the time. Yeah. This is a food show. Uh, I mean, we we try to keep it pretty professional. Okay, yeah. Woo, hot. Yeah, it's really hot. Yeah, yeah you can just put idea. it down. Yeah, it was a yeah. bad idea to hang it, it around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I'm yeah. dying for a pie. I know, I need yeah. these. When's the last time you guys had a slice? This oh, afternoon. This afternoon. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we were testing the there's no bad pizza earlier. We, yeah. uh, we had some day yeah. old pizza that was. Yeah, it was pretty. It, it tasted a day old. Yeah, and we had to eat it. Like, yeah, we like had to eat mm. it. Why did it just like out of a responsibility? Do um, you want to get in there? Yeah, I want to get it. Wow, yeah. that's delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. All right. Um, 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 even Dale. We, we were doing some on-camera kind of stuff. Oh, like, okay. you know, yeah, and so, uh, but it was a little, uh, it was it a little would, iffy. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely did challenge the, you know, all pizza is good kind of thing. But it, uh, it would be funny if one of you actually hated pizza, and this was just, like, <laughs> a very good pizza performance art to see how much pizza you could force someone to... No, I mean, mm-hmm. we're just in it for the pizza. I mean, forget the, uh, you know, getting on radio shows and so forth. I mean, like, yeah, like everything else is just gravy or pizza sauce, really. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I feel like most bands that come on the show do it for, they end up having a good time, but most of them, it's like, 
do we get free pizza? It's like, well, yes, like, we'll be there. Oh, on no, Sunday. not this specific show. I'm talking about in general. <laughs> mm. The Rolling requ- Stones, you know, knocking on our door, but like, yeah, like, where's the pizza, though? You know, I mean, do the, are you going to require, <laughs> I know even know the radio show, are you going to require they have pizza there for you guys? Yes, that's the writer. You know, yeah, that's that's it. That's just one line. Just pizza. one line. Yeah, pizza. No mushrooms, right? Yeah, no anchovies. No, no mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how often are anchovies really a fact? Mushrooms, yes, but like, very. I think you have to go out of your way to get like anchovies on a pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's better to be specific. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know. And make like, sure they're paying attention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anchovies are your like brown M and M's. Yeah, yeah uh, green M and M's. The green M and M's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. If they're anchovies, we know that the setup is going to be wrong. We're going to have to redo everything on stage. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. what if you happen to go to a place in a town on a, a major tour, and they get from a pizza place, and they're known for the anchovy pizza? Would you be rude, or would you just politely pick? I mean, how would you? I have plenty of time for anchovies. I I would take it for the team. If nobody else wanted it, I feel like I could put down an anchovy pizza if I believed in myself. Yeah. I mean, I, there's nothing I won't eat on. A and pizza. you do, right? Totally. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of draw the line when a pizza toppings become more salad and less pizza mm. toppings. When like you're like oh, when it's not even cooked, when it's just like chopped up romaine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it needs to be incorporated into the whole thing. It happens a lot in Europe. You know, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. I think it's kind of refreshing sometimes. Though, like I feel like when I've been on tour in Germany and we eat a lot of you know just sort of giant bowls of meat and cheese and then a little arugula on top yeah. is like welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little rough edge. Little rough edge. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only green, uh, the only greenery. Well, I, I want to get you guys another song, but um, you guys got pizza in your hands. So, uh, what what comes next for the Pizza Underground? Oh, uh, what's there not next? I mean, seriously, what are we not doing as a band? I think we're <laughs> opening for Billy Joel for all of his shows, at forever, forever, <laughs> forever. I mean, yeah, we were surprised he asked us in a way, but. But you, you know? look at him, and look at you like that guy, really likes You pizza. look at him, yeah, that guy likes pizza. <laughs> that dude likes pizza. <laughs> but the only problem is that you'd probably, considering it's Madison Garden, you'd have to eat Madison Square Garden pizza. Uh, and generally, I will actually have to say, stadium pizza is the worst pizza. That is pretty bad. It is, like, really... Somehow they figured out Don't how to put cheese on Don't you think they would bring us in good pizza if we're, if we're the opening act? I bet we could I don't know, opening, around. opening act, you know, you never... It could go either way for an opening act. I would freak out. Well, we, we'll talk to BJ about it. We'll just we'll talk to BJ about it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. he understands. We can figure something yeah. out. You know, yeah, he'll understand. Uncle Billy knows. Yeah, we'll call Joe's or something. We'll yeah. call him, you know, yeah, one of those gruppas. He'll probably bring you like a nice pie from. Like, he's probably got a favorite pizza spot. Probably somewhere like he probably has a lot of favorite Long pizza Island. spots. Yeah, probably Long Island. <laughs> but I would say probably bring it in. He's like, I got a spot. Yeah, yeah we could helicopter yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah. he's playing. Yeah. I mean, one show, one show. For, that's an uh, unbelievable deal. Forever. Yeah, it's like the best. It's the it's the best, and then you're gonna get people. I was like, mm, show fifty three wasn't as good as show you know nineteen, but <laughs> Prince did twenty one nights at the Forum in um, L A a couple years, and people went to every single night. Wow, yeah, that's you know committed fans. <laughs> that's commitment. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. commitment. That's something. That yeah, it, it, you know what? We'll leave it at that. Something. That's certainly something. Yeah. Um, so if people want to buy your one song or your demo, where can they go? Uh, they can they can get it for free. Mm. We, as, as Max said, we are in it for the pizza and not the money. So if anybody <laughs> wants to download it, they can go to our Bandcamp page and uh, they can have it and they can put whatever they want on it. And if uh, someone wants to send you guys a pizza, where could they send a pizza or a coupon? Hmm. That's a really good question. We need a P.O. box, guys. Mm-hmm. That'd be it. <laughs> you, you need a pizza box. box. Yeah. Ah, mm, well done. Well done. Oh gosh. Ah. The pizza underground at gmail.com. Great. 
Yes, and a pie there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In- internet pie. Uh, great. All right, so you're going to take us out with one more medley. Okay. Uh, and then we have Radical Dads uh, who are going to be playing live and uh, talking about a soda magazine that they just created, which is awesome. Wow. Thanks for coming by. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah thanks. program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you.
For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.